You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Forest Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. Ryan's MIA, but we have a very special guest. On Force Friends Rewatch, we watch Star Wars television shows and then we talk about them. We are currently covering every Obi-Wan Kenobi-themed episode of TV in chronological order. We're starting with Clone Wars. We're going to be covering the Kenobi show. We're going to be diving into Rebels. But before we get into that, we have a guest. Hello, guest. Yes, yes. Hello. Hello. I'm here. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I, uh, I Listen, I'm excited to talk Kenobi. Um, I'm excited to get in here and, uh, and, and talk about what we're talking about. And I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I'm excited, to, I'm excited to help you kick this off. So. Yeah, this is, this is the first episode we're doing covering an actual episode. Last time we just kind of talked about our general feelings about the character. Uh, so this is this is rad that we have you here for a first time. Uh, where what shows are you from? Where do people know you from? Uh, so uh, most people will probably know me from the Bombad cast I do with a you know a, a young mad god known as Scotty Jero. Um, you know, and we kind of get together on Thursday nights and talk nonsense about Star Wars, kind of whatever we want to talk about. Usually, you know, usually causing general internet mayhem. Is what we love to do, and so yeah, I saw someone posting that you guys were going to be covering the Dungeons and Dragons movie in March, and that that seems pretty exciting. Yes, yes, yeah, we're going to be doing that, and um, <laughs> I, I believe we might we might be trying to have uh, somebody on for that as well. <laughs> I, like a Pentecostal, here. I have spoken that out into the universe, and I'm, yeah, I'm you're just going to believe with the faith greater than a mustard seed, and it'll happen exactly that's right that's that's the way you got to do it you know because like you things aren't going to happen unless you reach out and strangle the universe and tell it to make it happen and stuff right so. well i i'm a huge fan of the bombad cast uh i've been on bombad i think officially once now and i've been on uh hyper focus uh once or twice so i think so you helped me co-host when you came on bombad right yeah yeah i think i think you came was... in as a co-host Wait, I think that's it. I was on Hyperfocus once, and I was on Bombad Cast twice. But the one we time were... I was on Bombad, Scotty was like, "I don't want to share the room with Andy." Yeah, so it was just yeah. <laughs> Scotty, like I said, Mad God, he's mad a very God. Mad God, just drunk um, with power. <laughs> he's he he refuses to perform usually unless he has uh, all brown M and M's. He only likes the brown M and M's because he doesn't want to think there's anything but chocolate inside. Um, so it's really, you know, it's again, it's a small price to pay uh, for content, but here we are. <laughs> but great shows, and and your your phenomenal uh, follow on on the internet, on Twitter, oh, sh- uh, sh- and stuff. So I'm glad that you're here. What are your general thoughts on the character of Obi Wan Kenobi? Because I, I mean, he's he's in a lot of the Star Wars. Like he, yeah. he is a big deal. He is a 
capital A, A-lister when it comes to, I, I think, even just pop culture characters. Yeah. No, he's he's like, he's on up there a little bit for sure. Um, he's like, uh, I don't know. Um, so my my general thoughts on General Kenobi, uh, they have fluctuated over the years, obviously. You know, I mean, you know, both of us came from a, a religious background and stuff. So you kind of had that like, you know, there's that religious zealot part of him that I kind of uh, not not uh, attached to at all uh, because, you know, that, not so much anymore, especially. Uh, but you got that. He's got that that element of that. He's a little bit of a he, he's a little bit of a showboating swashbuckling type, you know, kind of a thing. A little bit as much as he doesn't want to be. Uh, I feel like he's a little he, he likes a little bit of flash and pizzazz. You know what I mean? Like when he's when he's fighting. Yeah, it's it's interesting because on the one hand, he is the negotiator, right? He's like yeah, this this pacifist who wants to avoid conflict and stuff. But on the other hand, he is a little bit of a mischievous scamp at times, and like mm-hmm. we see that in the OT a little bit. Like he's a little sarcastic. He 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 cracks some jokes. Uh, a little bit. He he causes uh some some shenanigans a smidge, but then uh, I feel like especially with Ewan's performance and then with Jat's performance, we get even more of that when when Obi Wan is younger. Um, I mean, Phantom Menace. He's he's cracking jokes all the time. You know, you were right. The negotiations were short, and he you know right. cracks jokes about Padme's wardrobe and shit. <laughs> um, and then as he's gotten more responsible and is forced to deal with Anakin, uh, Anakin, I think also brings that out in him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, Anakin definitely brings out the playful side with Obi-Wan and stuff. They've got kind of a playful banter relationship, which is really, really fun. Um, but I don't know. Obi-Wan has always to me been like, he's like that, that, he's the Jedi uh, like the Jedi order, like good boy. Like he's like, he wants to do it by the book. He's that guy who will do it by the book, but he also leaves a little bit of room. Sometimes he leaves, he leaves a bit of room for kind of like, you know, playing with the rules a little bit kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. When, when I was at Liberty university, um, we would talk about the yeah i know we would talk about the spirit of the law not the law itself so yeah, uh right. when we when we essentially wanted to break rules without breaking rules to find that like gray space that middle ground between breaking a rule and not breaking a rule we would we would refer to it as following the spirit of the the law but not the law itself so right. I, I i feel the same way about you know your point with obi-wan there and that i do think he is the like quintessential like best of the order in his time period yeah and he he is comfortable with finding wiggle room i think he he and satine is like a prime example there where like he has attachments there like he 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 and satine have definitely fucked like oh definitely you know multiple times but he and he's willing to break the rule up to that point, but he's not going to leave the order for her. You know, right. like he says he would have and like. I don't know if he would have, he would have done it, you know? Yeah. 
Well, he says so, if you would have said, right? Like, if you would have just said the word, I would have. He, he yeah, seems he like puts he's it like on that, her, which I think is an out. That is, yeah. Because, yeah, like, she's yeah. never going to ask him to. It'd be really shitty of her to ask him to, you know? Right. So I think that's his way of, like, saying he would have without actually having to, like, take the responsibility to make the decision. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of that. Do you think it also is just, like... I feel like so I have a little bit of trouble with making decisions and stuff for myself and everything. I feel like maybe Kenobi is a little bit of a like life altering ones. Like, you know, like maybe he's like a hey, it is putting it on her, which is again shitty. But like, um, I feel like there's a little bit of him who was like, I think he wanted her to for real a little bit myself. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think so, too. And I think that's like I, I made the joke like he's a bottom like. Yeah, he yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want to have to like call the shots when it right. comes to his relationships. He's he is passive in his relationships, and I think that's also why he fails Anakin is that Obi Wan was too passive in the relationship. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he. It's weird because Obi Wan seems like such a great leader and everything, you know. And uh, not to go too far, and you know, we're not we're not to Kenobi here uh, or anything like the show. But uh, he's got that moment where he like kind of talks to everyone. But I mean, he does. It does almost like feel it all, like, you know, everyone, everyone. He almost does feel like he's uncomfortable a little bit. He, um, he's a great leader until it's personal. Once yes, it's, right. Once it's the personal, then it's then it's like, OK, well, now my heart's in it. And this is like. More difficult. And that's not to say that he doesn't care for his troops. I think he does care for Cody and the 212. I think he cares for Rex and the 501st. I think he cares for, um, you know, Ahsoka and and these other tertiary characters who are looking to him for advice or guidance or what have you. But it right. is not the personal relationship that he has with Anakin. It is not the personal relationship he has with Satine, where once his like. Once he is sharing his heart also, I think, is when. It, it becomes difficult. He's fine with everyone giving him their hearts and he can lead them and he can be this yeah. example. He can be this general. He can be this Jedi master. But once his heart is also invested, I think that's when um, it becomes more difficult for him to, to step in and, and be, uh, be direct and, and to take ownership of, of the situations. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which again, I I feel like I identify with a lot just because like that is it's such a hard thing to it's it's easy to be there for other people and pour yourself out. But to uh, fill yourself up is mm -hmm. especially again. And it, that's why it, to me, I see a lot of religious trauma when I look at Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, um, it's like uh, in church, they can it almost is like they teach you pour out, pour out, pour out, and then you'll be filled up but they never teach you to fill yourself up in a way, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I think Kenobi is the prime example of like the machine grinds up everyone. Like yeah. Obi-Wan is the quintessential Jedi of his time period. And he is just as traumatized and broken by the religious institution that is the Jedi Order as everyone else as ahsoka yeah. as kanan as cal Kestis, as anakin skywalker like the machine chews up and breaks everyone that enters it and it doesn't matter how much you can form uh because obi-wan conforms quite a bit to be this like prime example of of what a jedi can be and right. it 
it fucking breaks into. Absolutely. Yeah. He, I don't, it's this, just this whole journey, like looking at him through that lens and everything. Um, like you said, yeah, it chews everyone up, spits them out. And I mean, he like to the point where, and again, like I'm getting way ahead of myself. I just, I like talking about Kenobi's whole journey and everything, but like, you know, at the beginning of Kenobi, I was, uh, it, it felt very, uh, interesting and personal. And I, I don't mean to, I'm trying, I'm making this all about me and I, I apologize for that. Because no, I'm not that's trying to why make it you're the me. guest. Make it about but, you. Relate to right, the character. Well, <laughs> Well, I feel very personal about Kenobi because, um, especially after Kenobi, uh, the or Obi Wan Kenobi, the series, um, you know, we see him almost. He's pretty much he's he's like uh, I guess a a force tech, force agnostic or something, or whatever, or maybe or maybe a force uh, uh, atheist or whatever. I don't know. He just he's 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 in hiding on Tatooine and everything. You know, um, he's kind of given up on everything. Uh, but it's like he gives up on like he doesn't believe in anything mm-hmm. at that point except for watching Luke, making sure that Luke's fine, things like that. Um, and throughout that series, of course, we see that he I don't I don't necessarily think it's like, oh, he gets his religion back or anything, but he gets he believes in something. And what that belief is, is like I can use the skills that I have to uh, to protect you know, not just Luke, but this kid, you know, and also like protect all these people, keep these people safe and stuff. Cause people is what matters and stuff like that. And so I, I do think he gets his religion back again, because by the you time we so? get to a new hope, he is, he is preaching to Luke about the Jedi. That's true. That's true. So it's, I, I talked last time about my, my like big issue with the Kenobi show is that I feel like it leaves off obi-wan in a very different spot than where a new hope picks him back up Mm -hmm. and wrestling with these two views of like kind of seems like obi-wan forgives himself and forgives anakin versus come a new hope it feels like obi-wan still hates himself and is lying to luke to try and get him to murder his father yeah and trying to push those two things together i hope like doing this chronological rewatch will help me uh comprehend these two views i have of the character and my understanding of the material but that being said it does feel like obi-wan comes to a piece about him himself and whether or not he like gets his faith back in like the institution of the Jedi order. I think he gets his faith back in the individual, like being a Jedi. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, and that's a much better way to put it, frankly, like that's and like you're saying, like, you know, you, you do think about that later on um, him kind of preaching that stuff to Luke to get him to kill uh, Anakin and everything, thinking there's no hope for him. Um, but that, oh man, I don't know. Uh, Obi-Wan's such a complicated character because you want to love him so much, but he's also got these, he's, he's not perfect in any stretch of the imagination. He's, he's extremely flawed. And um, I feel like a lot of people forget it because he's so likable. Yeah. Like a lot of people refuse to acknowledge his glaring issues because 
Alec Guinness, Ewan McGregor, and James Arnold Taylor do such a charming job. Right. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where we want to feel like Obi-Wan's the perfectionist and he's perfect in all ways, but I mean Revenge of the Sith, he leaves he 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 maims Anakin and leaves him to burn alive. He doesn't even go finish the job, which I mean, you, there's it, it's interesting, you know, like you wonder if that's a uh, pity or if that's like, I can't put my friend out of his misery kind of a thing. Um, just there's, but there's also just, I don't like, there's so much, uh, I don't know if I'd say problematic, but just like he, again, the whole, like, why is he, um, so gun ho about like, no, we have to defeat. Maybe it's because he's forgiven himself and Anakin, has told him himself, like, no, I killed Anakin, so Anakin's gone. Um, I, I, I don't like that. Like, I love the yeah. line from Anakin. I think it's really, really powerful that he says, like, you have nothing to be sorry about. You didn't do this. I did this. Like, I, yeah. I made these choices. This is on me. I think right. that's really, really powerful. I do not like the nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Well. Anakin metaphorically said that he's Darth Vader and he <laughs> killed Anakin. Therefore, Obi-Wan isn't lying to Luke. Because yeah. he is lying to Luke. He is lying to Luke. Oh, straight he up. says, Darth Vader murdered your father. Darth Vader was a pupil of mine. Anakin was my friend. Darth Vader murdered Anakin, um, who was your dad. You need to kill Darth Vader. He is lying there. And when Luke confronts him, and Obi-Wan says, well, from a certain point of view, like, yeah. no, you're lying. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he um, straight up is. Yeah, no. But like the the world isn't split into people with red Sith eyes and good guys with blue lightsabers. Like the world exactly. is complicated and Star Wars is complicated. As much as Star Wars does split down red lightsabers versus blue and green light, you know, like. <laughs> right. It, there, There is still nuance and middle ground to these characters. And like. Obi-Wan's flaws are what makes him super interesting to me. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. He's. We like to, on the Bombad cast, like when we first started, we had this whole thing where we would talk about the most Jedi, Jedi to ever Jedi. Like, who was <laughs> as confusing as that is to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who is that? And we, I think we've come down to Qui Gon Jinn was the most Jedi, Jedi to ever Jedi. Like, he was the, like, the greatest embodiment. And people want to put Obi-Wan in that. And yes, I. I agree he's in the conversation, but he, uh, I don't know, like Qui-Gon almost embraced his faults. I feel like where, uh, Obi-Wan seems to like try to almost fight against them or justify them. I, I have trash to say about Qui-Gon. Um, oh, okay. I think Nerd All right. is going to have me on to talk about Qui-Gon, but, uh, I mean, it, it's wrapped up in him saying, I didn't come here to free slaves. Yeah, that was like that was a little problematic for sure. Yeah, he, he as as much as he like chafed against the system, he was still mm. part of it. And he like as much right. as he liked to think of himself as like a bad boy challenging the council. Like at the end of the day, he's still like, oh well, Chancellor Chancellor Valorum won't let me free these slaves, so I can't do it. And it's like, yeah, nah, dude, if you see slaves and you have a laser sword and space magic you should probably free them you should probably just do that yeah 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 you know it's the right thing to do but the red tape won't let you like come on yeah. uh so like 
I do agree with you that in his time period, though, like, you know, we talk about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon as products of their time. Um, they are probably two of the best. And if you compare them to Jedi during the High Republic, though, I think the Jedi at the High Republic would be like, you guys are fucked up. Like, what yeah. is wrong with yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Go free those <laughs> slaves. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Jedi of the High Republic would not. They would not sit down. They would be like the the legalism. Like, oh, oh I can only have the boy or his mother. You know, f like fuck you. Like, come on. <laughs> like, Wada I would a, be in two pieces on the ground. <laughs> I have a laser sword that says differently. Yeah, it's like oh, this little uh, this little hyper realistic live action Gonzo that with wings won't <laughs> let me have. Uh, the, both of them? No, fuck you, dude. You're you're a slave owner. <laughs> let's let's dig into this episode, though. Uh, I'm going to do, do a quick recap. Uh, we're we're picking up at the end of an arc here because Obi Wan doesn't show up till really this episode in a meaningful way. But the Separatists have a super weapon called the Malevolence, and it is a capital ship that can shoot out this targeted EMP and just jack stuff up. And the Republic has been following it, and they've damaged it, and it is currently being repaired, and the Republic is trying to figure out how to destroy it. In all of that, Palpatine has baited Padme into accidentally coming across the battlefield with, like, false intel. Um, She gets caught in a uh, schlorpening, um, god... What is what is it called when you when you slurp another ship into your oh, ship? Uh, uh, tractor beam? Tractor beam. Yeah, so she gets caught in the tractor beam, which slurps like her inside though. the malevolence, <laughs> and uh, she she gives a distress signal. Anakin and Obi Wan yeah. come to save her and three PO. Of course, they bring R two, and like through the shenanigans of trying to save Padme and three PO. Everyone gets kind of split up and jockeyed around where R2 is with 3PO now. Anakin and Padme are together. Anakin and Obi-Wan are together. Uh, you know, they're they're getting split up and reconnecting. And um, essentially, the, the final tally is R2 goes to save 3PO. Anakin and Padme go to uh, set the ship to shoot into hyperspace into a moon by futzing with the nav computer and obi-wan goes to distract general grievous by trying to destroy the hyperdrive he fails but it ends up working out because of the anakin and padme plan they all reconvene back at their escape ship they go away hyperdrive comes back online the malevolent shoots into a moon and blows up yeah jerry what do you think of this episode so i love um I love the interaction we get with all of the characters and everything. Um, I, I'm a big Clone Wars fan. Um, this episode has been notable to me. And I I, I don't want to sound like I'm throwing shade at this episode at all. Because, again, it's the it, this is like a big arc. And it's like one of the first big arcs, actually, uh, of the series. Um, the thing that I always notice is this is the most wink, wink, nudge, nudge we're in Star Wars of all of them. Because you've got so much dialogue. That is, um, like spinning is not a good maneuver. Yeah, but it's a good trick. Um, ever since I've known you, you've always been playing with droids. I used to put them together. Now I just take them apart. And like, it's like the the one liners that are like, wink, wink. We're in Star Wars, and these people met in the Phantom Menace. If you didn't know, 
Um, so I'll say I, that, but I, overall, I love it. To that point, this is the first Star Wars TV show. Yes. Since droids? Yeah. So I think, well, I guess there was the 2D, the, well, the Samurai Jack version, but yeah. those were like two minute episodes, you know? Yeah. This is the first ongoing, like, commitment to a Star Wars TV show that that we've had in a long time. And I think they needed to, like, reassure everyone that, like, no, this this is Star Wars. So we're going to remind you that this is Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I think because everyone like. Idiots online will tell you skip skip seasons one and two of Clone Wars, and that's wrong. Oh, yeah, no. Because there's yeah. great stuff here. And this arc, to me, is so Flash Gordon. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Like, this yeah, is this is so. a Saturday morning adventure serial. Right. Like, at its core. There's so much awesome. Like, and it's, it's awesome getting all the characters interacting again. There's so much I love about this episode. I didn't mean... I, I just wanted to get that out right at the beginning. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. No, per you're capita. right that they're... There's some cheesy, there's some cheesy lines for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's that's Star Wars. That's what we love about Star Wars is it's it's ninety percent cheesy lines. Just I always thought I I get, it gives me a little chuckle because this per capita I think is like the most in an episode. I'd love to watch and see what the most re- self referential lines are. Like even like General Grievous drops down when they're in the uh, uh, hyperdrive room and goes, "Hello there." <laughs> there's again, it's like. It's like mirroring their mirroring their thing and all that. It's just it, it's something I find funny. I find humorous. But that's like people get mad and all up in arms about like, you know, like like you said, like oh, skip seasons one and two and everything. And like um, and Star Wars should be absolutely super serious and stuff. And like here is quintessential Star Wars with great shit in it. Great shit. I, I, I love, love the capital ship that we get a super weapon that isn't a planet destroyer. Like, yes, this is a scary super weapon that is not another death star it's not right. a star killer it is not a death star, star destroyer with a star the... destroyer yeah yeah <laughs> it is it is a unique uh new super weapon and like star wars loves its super weapons and i'm always here yeah. for them like like they're they're fun i just like it when they're more interesting than it's the right. death star again and this one has a great transit system in the middle of it too which is kind of cool you know? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's fun. It's it's cool looking. It like you understand why it's scary. Uh, we yeah. got a horror episode in this arc, uh, even if we're not covering it. But the Plo Koon one, where the clones oh, are all in escape yeah. pods and those droids are going around popping the escape pods. That's that's terrifying. Yeah, just like uh, they, they're just killing them with the void of space. Uh, they're taking advantage of we are not living beings. You are, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It's uh, it, yeah. it's a real spooky uh it's a real spooky super weapon and um I I love Obi-Wan in this episode. Like he has some really cool moments when he he and Anakin are just having a good time. Like it, it feels like the yeah. start of Revenge of the Sith where like exactly they're bantering, they're they're butch casting in the Sundance kid in space. And then when they split up, Obi-Wan gets some great moments when he confronts Grievous. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's got that whole thing. Um, he pushes all of the uh, the uh, Dredikas, like at all the oncoming droids and everything. 
and then he pushes that one at Grievous and then jumps off that one droid goes that was impressive <laughs> like he smacks them oh. I, I love when he's hiding behind the one with shields so that he doesn't have to like yes. even bother blocking because he's using the Druidica's own shields to like. Yeah, and that one's trying himself. to slowly turn around to get him and stuff. But, yeah. It's good. It's good. Um the 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 Obi-Wan Grievous rivalry, I feel like, starts here. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um you can tell it feels like they've well, and I mean I think in, in the Clone Wars movie, like, right, they uh they interacted a little bit in there, didn't they? Gosh, it's been a while. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. Like he, he, I've done I feel a like rewatch. He's mostly recently. fighting Ventress in that, but right. That could um, just be because my brain is remembering the horny parts. Right. Yeah. No, I think this is definitely like yeah, like you're saying. Like this is like where, like Grievous is like, man, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that guy. He's always messing me up. He like makes him. He basically pulls General Grievous's pants down uh, to his ankles in front of uh, Count Dooku, and just yeah, like yeah, says, yeah. "Look, look at this guy." <laughs> you know? and then like bails because he makes Grievous. Grievous is so effing embarrassed. He he like stops the call and everything. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. This is like that big time where Grievous is like, "I'm gonna get that guy." You know, we were we were talking before about Obi Wan's like negotiator, like mischievous tactics but also like there are times where he is like very confident and like almost prideful where like Mm -hmm. i mean in episode three he just like steps out and goes hello there in front of an army of droids and i feel like here it's very it's it's an interesting combination of the two because you have the obi-wan who sneaks around the death star like doing mind tricks and like hiding in floor panels and stuff and then you have the mm. Obi-Wan who steps out confidently in front of an army and says hello there. And he's doing both here where he he gets to the hyperdrive and he steps out and he's confronting like a ton of droids. But right. then he's just doing sneaky shit to like defeat them where he's, you know, like you mentioned, he's making the, the destroyer droids become balls again and he's chucking them and he's like right. dancing around behind the shields and stuff. He's He's using all of these alternative... It's not Anakin's aggression. He's using tricks and moves, you know? Yeah. Almost, yeah, like almost working with the situation instead of just forcing your hand in, in like, everything, you know? Like, like Anakin would just be, like, chopping and hacking the whole time. He, he's using the the strengths of these these units against them where, like, the strength of the Destroyer droid is its shield and is its ability mm. to, like, get somewhere quickly and deploy and he's like, right. cool, you're getting over there quickly and deploying on your friends. And like, oh, you have these shields? They're going to protect me now. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> he's. Um, it's yeah, very like, Avatar Ang, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. He's. Um, I don't know, man. He's like, I, I love, like you said, that the whole uh, duality of him where he is. He he's like he wants to talk it out, but he's such a sassy pants too, and you know like, he really yes. wants to he wants to get those quips in there and everything, especially at this age. You know, I mean he well, I mean again he never really loses it, even in a new hope. You know, he's like he's I think he's more subtle about it and everything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's like who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? You know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, he he loves that flair. He loves to have that flair and he's going to, he's going to do it no matter what, you know? 
So he, he loves to trick Grievous and all that kind of stuff, you know. Also, I, I have to give a shout out to this part in the episode. I think it's after this where they're chasing him or he, Grievous is chasing him and they, he jumps back onto the trains, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Grievous jumps after him and then you see just see the battle droids come flying like they jumped after them. Two fall and one lands on the track and gets hit. I, that, that will always be a top Clone Wars moment for me. There, there's a lot of funny moments in, in this episode. Uh, I like the moment where 3PO is is complaining to R2 and he, he says something about like, I don't know, needing needing Anakin there or, or Padme or whatever. And then like the elevator yeah. opens right behind 3PO and Anakin and Padme are like right there. And it's it's yeah. like such a good beat of physical comedy. Oh, absolutely. Like, George was having fun. Him. George was having oh, fun. Oh, yeah. George was just like, yeah, he, he's like going around like a guy surrounded by keyboards, you know, like a keyboardist around, like just like going to town on this thing, man. You know, he loves it. Any other Obi-Wan thoughts here? Any any insights into his character? So. I don't know. We, we've said so much about just kind of we I mean about his uh duality of being like that guy who who wants to do it by the book but you know he also just secretly wants to um showboat and things like that but like in you know in a, in a good way like he's good at it um but i don't know like it just we, we can he, play he's... a fun game here where where do you think he okay. realized anakin and padme were a thing because this is oh, this i mean is... if he didn't know it in if he didn't know it in this episode, like, <laughs> so you think he found out here? I think he, I think my head canon, actually, Andy, is that I think he's known since. For one thing, I don't think Anakin's ever shut up about Padme ever since they met in Phantom Menace. I think he's been <laughs> talking about her forever. And he like you know because Anakin's not subtle. Anakin's again, he's that kid who asks if you have games on your phone and like then asks you to take him to McDonald's and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think that, uh, I think Obi-Wan's known, I don't know if he's known of the, uh, the marriage. I don't think he knew about the marriage, but I think in Attack of the Clones, I think he's like, oh yeah, they, they, like they're, they, they fucking or something, (laughs) you know, I don't know what's, what's, what's yours. I, I don't think he knows yet. I, you don't think so? No. And I don't think he ever. I don't think he knew about the marriage until Revenge of the Sith. Um, right. I I think at, we find out in Clone Wars season seven that he like knows that there's something like he knows that they're like fucking. Yeah. But um, I don't think he I don't think he knew about the marriage until Revenge of the Sith. And I don't know exactly when he figured out that they were an item. I don't think he right. knows here yet. That's my personal theory. I think he knows okay. that Anakin has a crush. But I don't think he knows that Padme has reciprocated right. to such a serious and, degree. Well, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe you, yeah, no, you're you're right there. I just uh, the Does whole he, the way he goes, like whenever she goes for the guns, and he goes, she certainly knows her way around. <laughs> that's, that's what oh, makes me think like he's like start. That's he's true. To go, like, he goes, hmm, she, she certainly she, knows she, her way around, huh, Anakin? <laughs> ship Anakin and she knows exactly where the turret is yeah yeah that's a good point maybe I almost think he's yeah or maybe he's trying to let encouraging it too you know what I mean he's trying to let Anakin know like hey I know 
Yeah. You're not fooling me. I know. Right. Would Obi Wan can't? Point. He can't do that. That's and that's just. But that's just my thing. Like and again, I, I agree with you. I don't think he knows about the marriage until, like, Attack or excuse me, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. But it, it just. I don't know. It feels like he very much already knows, like at least that they are. It's a there is the crush, like you yeah. said, there is the crush, or like, and it might be a little reciprocated, but maybe like very much on the down low, you know. Um, I don't know. It. I don't even know if I could pinpoint it. It, it feels like mm-hmm. it's like right around here where he's like starting to go. The wheels maybe start to click into place, and he goes, "Oh, well, she knows her way around, don't she?" <laughs> yeah, she she she's been on the ship before, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good point, Jerry. <laughs> I was gonna say that's just again, again, that's an interesting. I love that question though. That's an interesting question. Like at what, like what is the actual point where things fall into place for him? And I don't know if maybe it's this moment at all, but it it feels like a very like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, I know what you, I know what y'all, I know what's going on. <laughs> like it's it's a fun game to play with Obi Wan and Ahsoka throughout watching Clone Wars of like when do they figure it out for sure. Like, yeah, they definitely have suspicions throughout and Obi-Wan is going to make jokes about it. But like, when does he know that it's serious, that there's a serious right. thing going on? And the the, the line about the ship, I think is a great catch that uh, even this early, we're like four episodes into Clone Wars season one. He's like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, maybe it's just like he's maybe his suspicions aren't confirmed, but maybe that feels like at least one of the first moments where he's like, you guys spend a lot of time together, don't you? <laughs> Any Anything you'd change about this episode? Anything you wish was different or better or. I, I think it's the it's the bitter nerd in me. And I'm sorry. I, I already talked about it at the beginning. I think I would take like maybe a couple of those references out or change the wording of the references. So it feels a little more natural and everything mainly mainly my main one is the you've always been playing with droids i like that line um i like the line of you know you're you're you ever since i've known you've been playing with droids i just wish anakin's response i think was a little more uh punched up you know what i mean it's like i used to take them apart or i used to put together no take them apart and again that's me being a nitpicky nerd and i realized that and I will take my That's 40 what lashes. That's section is for. No, that is, that yeah. is, we, we have the. I realize I'm watching n- Star Wars. Nerd section uh, <laughs> right. of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think that's, I really love the Malevolence episodes. And I think that this is yeah. like a banger of a finale for this little arc. Um, oh, hell yeah. And, and so I, I do agree with you. There's, there's a couple lines of dialogue. Um, uh ahsoka saying like oh that's anakin like you get used to it and it's like ahsoka you've known anakin for like five days like right (laughs) but you just said this to like plo koon who's known anakin a significantly longer period of time so there's there's a couple like little things like that where it's like "Eh, i don't need this uh like specific line read or, or what have you but um right overall great episode love it love all the character moments we get in it um it's like a fun adventure serial, but there's also like stuff happening that is moving the characters farther along, which is cool. Oh, absolutely. Also, this is an episode you can point to. Like, I mean, it's not necessarily a hold on maneuver, but it's like the first like there's precedent for uh, the destruction uh, that the hold on maneuver creates. Yeah. And everything. yeah. 
I just I enjoy that consistency across the entire, you know, the entire franchise and everything. Like it's like you can it looks that the explosion of the malevolence looks exactly the same as when it like, you know, uh the radis goes right through um Snoke ship and all that. So I I enjoy little things like that just in like I don't know why consistency comforts me. <laughs> I just, I just, it's like I, I really enjoy whenever I like I'm watching Star Wars and I'm like, ooh, that's just like another thing. It's it sh- it it shouldn't matter, but it gives it gives my brain a little bit of uh, uh my brain goes I guess to quote Jared the Dark Jedi, um makes my brain go burr, uh you know kind of a thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jerry, where can people find you? Well, if you uh are enough of a glutton of, uh, for punishment that you want to keep following me. You can find me on Twitter at the Canon junkie um, follow at bombad cast uh, for updates about our show. Scotty and I show the bombad cast on, and on which we hopefully we'll be having Andy on again very soon. Um, and uh, then hopefully, you know, for D and D or whatever I've heard, I've heard a little birdie kind of telling me kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that. Um, we're, we're speaking again, we're speaking it into the universe. Um, but yeah, uh, no, follow me on there. Watch me on there. We've got Patreon and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so come hang out with us. And um, uh, I, I'm also on uh, Hive, but I'm not sure if that's a thing anymore. Uh, but uh, if you pretty much find me at the Cannon Junkie uh, on on most platforms uh, that I that I do Star Wars stuff on. So hell yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us. Jerry, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast to have you. I'm sure we'll have you back uh, ASAP. Thank you for having me, my friend. Absolutely. You can follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. We want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. We are grateful to be part of the Where They May radio network. You can get some great rewards at our Patreon at Patreon slash WTM Radio as well as bonus content from Ending Pending, Good Neighbors, and Fan Fiction is Good, actually. Jerry, how do we end the podcast? Andy, we say, you'll be give a stay bombad or something? Uh, yeah, so sure, like, give us a stay oh, bombad. Sure. Um, first, uh, listen to more Force Friends Rewatch, and uh, also stay bombad while you're at it. Goodbye there. Goodbye there. Where they may radio.